Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of Stand Up For The Truth. We appreciate you guys. Hope you had a great weekend. Can't wait to get to our very important topic today, education or indoctrination. And we're going to answer the question, I think you already know the answer, are public schools beyond reforming? Very important topic, you guys, and uh, we can't wait to get to our guest today in studio as soon as we open in prayer. Father, thank you for giving us another day. Great is your faithfulness, and we recognize your mercies that are new every morning. We thank you for the health that we do have. We thank you for giving us purpose every day and for giving us everything we need for life and for godliness. We praise you for your Holy Spirit in us, and we ask that you'd allow us, God, uh, the wisdom that we need to proceed one day at a time and discern what's happening in our culture and around the country and around the world from that biblical worldview. Help us to test all things, and may we be truth proclaimers and defenders of the gospel of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Well, we are blessed to have back with us, it's been a while, Ron Jung, Headmaster of Providence Academy in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Ron, it's been a a long time since we've had you back. Thanks for coming in. No, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. So the topic today, obviously, education, uh, a lot of issues to discuss. But I just want to mention so many guests we've had on, and this is for Christian parents to really pay attention this morning to, uh, to w- the, what we're going to talk about step-by-step step and, and share a little bit about Providence Academy. But we've had Alex Newman on the podcast. I mean, a lot of homeschool advocates and supporters and uh, experts in this area. Alex Newman, Heidi St. John, Israel Wayne, Dr. Duke Pesta, Curtis Bowers, Sam Sorbo and Kevin Sorbo, Elizabeth Johnston, Julianne Appling, Pastor Randy White, Tina Marie Griffin, Dr. Jake Jacobs, and the list goes on and on and on. Um, but we, we have these guests on from time to time when we talk about this issue because we really believe, and I could be wrong, we really believe that the system run by the government, a secular progressive government, based on humanism and what's happening in our schools, moral relativism on steroids, that is beyond reforming. I know there's a fight to try to reform the system. How do you do that? Parents have to get involved, Christian teachers, or we need more Christian. At this point, Ron, I would just love for you to share your thoughts on that. Am I being too grandiose or provocative by making that statement? Yeah, I think it's time to leave and and build our own systems. You know, and part of it is, it, it goes back to what is the purpose of an education. Education has to do with, um, Enculturation. What is the? There's a product, right? That that the end in mind uh, that the system is trying to do. Mm. In the United States of America, the the end product is an individual taxable unit. And if if you could um, break, in a sense, uh, human beings' expectations down to uh, what what it means to be a, a human being. Um, in the United States, it seems to be someone who can get a job and pay taxes. And so they'll, hmm. they'll do whatever uh, – <laughs> they'll put kids through the stupidest rules, uh, the no tolerance, you know, the, you know, the kid who made a gun out of a piece of toast at breakfast and pointed it and then it, you know, they're suspended or they're, <laughs> they're expelled or whatever, whatever it might be. Um, and trying to make people – uh, have no uh, uh, convictions about anything moral. Mm. You just have to put up with whatever people's desires are so that they can cooperate, I guess, in the, in the workforce and pay their, dutifully pay their taxes. And, that, and, that's, and as long as that's the end in mind, there is no reform. Mm-hmm. It's, it's broken from the beginning. And this is this is not a new development. This has no. been in the works since John Dewey got yes. involved in government education Absolutely. and came back from I think Russia. Yeah, the, uh, the Prussian model. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, Compliant workers and soldiers is what wow. they want. Yep. And it didn't wasn't he one of the co-authors of the Humanist Manifesto? Or, oh, that's that John Dunphy. Yeah, they're <laughs> the Humanist Manifesto. Yes, yes. yeah. That's um, it's not good. So a, a Christian viewpoint is is that we're trying to make a good person. 
right? We're we're in, the a good culture, citizen, good person. Yeah, a good a good education then is making a good person fit as a citizen of both heaven and whatever society they happen to be living in. In mm-hmm. America, it would be, you know, as dual citizens, we're we're participating in this uh, constitutional republic, and um, and and furthering the kingdom of God. That's that's what an education should be doing, forming a person for that. Amen. Um, and that's in the early, early, early days of education in America, possibly in the 1700s yeah. and 1800s. That's, yes. you know, I mean, think about Harvard University and where they started. Yes. John Harvard was himself a minister, a theologian. Yes. And I believe the first dozen graduates from Harvard went on to teach theology. Yep. And they were pastors and theologians and um, around 1692, they had a motto, Truth for Christ and the Church. Yeah. And within 150 years, I believe around eight, 1836, yeah. they removed Christ and they removed the church and they left one word and it's still there today yeah. in their shield, Veritas. Yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Because are they really teaching the truth if you remove the world, the biblical Christian worldview and Jesus, who is the truth? You, you can't. I mean, it's, it, it, there has to be that anchor, that objective mm. anchor of Christ and his word. Um, you know, when you study God's word, world, you can, you can find truth in it. Um, but when it comes to, you know, human behavior and all the ologies, right, sociology, geology, whatever it might be, um, you're going to import your own desires, your own thoughts into it rather than being guided by God's word. Mm. But all those, uh, it's not. It wasn't just Harvard. It was Yale. It was yep. Princeton. Yep. They were all they st- meant to train pastors. Yeah, they started off putting putting out theologians, and they were actually. I mean, at Harvard, yeah. they you had to translate the 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 Bible from the Greek or something like that. Yeah. And you had to memorize major portions of Scripture. And I think John seventeen three, if I remember, was one of the goals uh, to know Christ and make Him known. And that's kind of what was the goal of uh, you know William Bradford when they came over yes. on the first colony. Yeah, the the Puritans their yes. their idea was um, we need in order to have a a pure church right the Puritans mm-hmm. we we need to um, we need to be able to read scripture. They started schools so that their their children can read so they can read scripture, but. They also taught logic because in their mind, if you can't think straight, you have no business reading scripture. So they taught, they taught not only how to read, but they also taught logic. In fact, Isaac Watts, the famous, famous hymn writer, he, he, he wrote like Joy to the World, for instance. <clears throat> he, his logic textbook was the one used for hundreds of years in the United States. Wow. Yeah. So there's a little influence of apologetics in a way if, yes. you, talk, if you teach logic, right? Yes. Yeah, and that, I mean, really, if, if our world would, te- I mean, if the public schools started teaching logic all of a sudden, they would collapse. Because critical, I, critical thinking. Yeah, because uh, when, when things are based on uh, fallacies, uh, when, when you think that individuals' desires constitute an, a subjective truth that is we can't challenge, mm-hmm. um, and all of a sudden you start bringing logic, it's going to fall apart. The whole system will fall apart. Mm-hmm. Now you mentioned dual citizenship, and Philippians 3.20, we are citizens of heaven. Our citizenship yes. is in heaven as Christians. However, we are here yes. for however long under God's sovereignty that we are living on this temporary earth, and it is a short time, and one of my favorite prayers, teach us to number our days that we might gain a heart of wisdom. So yes. the question comes down to how should we live in this secular world and in our culture? Let's face it, yeah. it's a secular progressive culture that's no longer conducive to the Christian worldview, and in fact, one might say hostile toward the worldview. So how will we live, and how are we teaching our children to live? That's the topic today. Amen. We know what the government is teaching, and Ron, this comes up almost every time the topic of education comes up on this podcast, yeah. that we know what's happening around the country. We know what the what's coming down from the mothership, the U.S. Yes. Department of Education and the NEA that's been radicalized since the 1970s and 80s. And we know what's been infesting our public schools. And now I'm not saying there aren't any Christian teachers in the public school system. Right. I'm not saying there aren't any Christian kids. But if you're sending your kids out to be missionaries, your children to be missionaries, you know how, how much younger and younger they are reaching the kids with this indoctrination? 
one of the most common responses I get from well-meaning Christian parents is, I know that's happening in schools around the country, but it's not happening at my son or daughter's school, and I would love for you to respond to that. Yeah, no, it's happening here. It's ha- I recently had a, a parent who uh, looked at bringing their kids into Providence, and the reason was is their son uh, became a Christian. And when he told his other middle school friends that he became a Christian, so the gay students started picking on him. They started bullying him, calling him a hater because he was now a Christian. In, in this is middle school. Middle school. Middle school. Well, wait a minute. Pause right there. I thought the the Christians were the bullies, and I thought <laughs> the LGBT were yeah. discriminated against and 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 hated and bullied for the last couple of decades. At least that's what we've been sold. That's what we've been sold. It sadly is not the the truth. I mean, it's it's uh, the pressure to conform to this world mm-hmm. is immense. My, I Rod Dreyer in uh, an article had mentioned uh, that uh, there was a statistic about. 25% of uh, young women from, I think it was 17 to 24 or something, identified as bisexual, and which is statistically erroneous. I mean, factually, that's, that's impossible. And I mentioned it to my daughter who just graduated from Providence. And, and she said, well, I believe that. There's, I, I can't tell you how many people I know, high school students I know, who identify as bisexual. And I said, not, not at Providence, by the way. But uh, I said, <laughs> I said, uh, I said, why do you, why do you think? And and she said, it be, it gives them part of the, they belong to the victim class, and um, mm. they don't feel the the bullying or the pressure if they ident- self-identify as bisexual, even though they're they're not bisexual. So they could take either side. Yeah, <laughs> if they're bisexual, right? Yeah, correct. Well, you said something earlier that this is about worldview shaping. Yes, and. Actually, that's what we want to do as Christians. We want to shape the worldview as young people. That's what discipleship is all about. And that's what maturing in Christ is all about. We're shaping our worldview to conform to the truth, the standards of biblical truth, and not of the world. Yes. Do not conform to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the biggest thing, you know, you might look and go, you know what, my public school has zero of that, zero of that, and <laughs> and you might go good. You you you're in one of the best public schools out there. This is great. Hmm. Here's one of the biggest lies that your their kids are being taught, and that is that God doesn't matter. They go through the entire day without a referent to God, even they, if they say He exists in the first place. Yeah, yeah, they won't. You know, so in in uh, biology or science class, they're not going to talk about God as the creator. Mm. Uh, in history, they're not going to talk about God as being sovereign. In um, in social studies, they're not going to talk about the uh, human nature com- in in terms of biblical reference. They're not going to talk about God. You're going to have lunch, and no one's going to give thanks to him. Mm. It's it's wow. uh, it's God is at, so what they're being trained in day in and day out is that God doesn't really matter. Mm. And if it does matter, it can only matter to you in a private way, in a, as a personal, private religion, and that's it. And that's the big lie. And, that, and that's why secular progressivism is winning, is because it is pretending to operate without God and no referent to him at all. Mm. It's tragic when we're seeing the fruit of children, no, I shouldn't say children anymore, young adults, that have come out of the system for the last, I don't know how many decades. Yeah. Let's, let's just be conservative yeah. and say two decades, even though it's many more than that, probably five or six. But let's just say a couple decades we're seeing they are now leaders in business and, and the big tech media conglomerate and, and Hollywood and in government, and they're now teacher, teachers at colleges, and now they are teachers in the public schools and the government schools. They're brought up with that worldview where God either didn't exist or doesn't matter, yep. and now they are leaders, and now they are influencers. And isn't that what Christians are supposed to be, salt and light? Yes. Influence yes. in our sphere, our country, our yes. culture. Yes, they should be, <laughs> and, uh, and so that's what you want to train. Our, our, you know, I, I, I would recommend. You know, if if your, you know, if your student is in a in a public school, please take them out and and put them into a, a homeschool program, put them into a Christian school. But for for what you need to do though is just have this vision. God has given you stewardship over these children, right? And it is your responsibility. Your right, God. God didn't say have the government or someone else raise your children. We are responsible. Fathers, in particular, are, are responsible for bringing uh, children up in the paideia, that is, the education of the Lord, 
the education of the Lord. It's his education that we're responsible for. Jesus also warned us that if you cause a little one to stumble, it's better for you to have a millstone tied around your bat, your neck and thrown mm. into the sea. And and we wow. typically think of that as being like maybe the you know some teacher over there uh, teaching something bad. But if you know what's going to be happening to your children, why would you be contributing to it? I mean, these are these are uh, uh, clear commandments by God mm. and clear warnings by our Savior. D- don't. <laughs> don't risk it. So the other part is is that I think mentally, for whatever reason, we're here in 2021, and um, we know what God has done. We know what God continues to do in the lives of, of uh, people and in nations, and it's, it's almost like we don't believe him. <laughs> well, and, uh, and the reality is is that um, we need to have a mindset that we are training the future leaders of our nation, mm. or the future leaders of our churches, the future leaders of our – that they're going to be dangerous, mm. right? Our, that's our goal. Providence Academy, we'd like us to be dangerous. We, we, we want to be on the map as a dangerous school because we're going to be producing dangerous children, dangerous adults who are going to make an impact in this world for Christ. So you're going to make the uh, Southern Poverty Law Center hate list – by talking well, that if way. we do things right, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. There is that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, by the way, we're speaking with Ron Jung. He's the uh, headmaster at Providence Academy in Green Bay. We've also had representatives from uh, Grace Christian Academy in studio. They also work with Freedom Project Academy in uh, Appleton, and I'm a uh, media contributor to the media side of Freedom Project Academy. Dr. Duke Pesta and the, the, the faculty over there. But let's talk briefly. We've got three minutes before we have to take a break. Uh, Providence Academy was founded in 1993. Yep. Um, I'm just looking at some of the stats here. Um, the current uh, junior K through 12 enrollment, 150. The campus enrollment capacity is 300. Uh, student to teacher ratio is 10 to 1. And of fourth graders, um, 100% of fourth graders read at sixth grade reading level. And you can address any one of these things, but sure. w- but one thing I wanted to ask you is if a Christian parent is seriously considering do- doing what's best for their child and taking him or her out of the government system and, and checking out Providence Academy, how big of an adjustment? Because they're going to be behind. It's big. Yeah, so we are we are a classical Christian school, and, and we understand that our program is academically rigorous and it's intentional. Um, we, we want students to, to – um, we, we teach them with the grain of their, their development, so it's, it's, they're capable, right, of doing it. Uh, it's just hard work, and a lot mm-hmm. of students are not used to the hard work, and they're not used to – they're used to memorizing things for tests. They're not really used to knowing things. And we want kids to know things. We want kids to What a under- difference. Yeah. And, and so uh, what they learn, uh, it builds, right? And so if you've only memorized something to take a test and you forget about it, you're, you're going to struggle. But kids can adapt, and they can learn how to actually learn and, and know and understand. Um, and, you know, it's uh, – so it is an adjustment. We do have uh, ways in which we can help students. Um, like starting in third grade, the, the kids begin Latin. Uh, Latin is a, wow. a great model language to help uh, help students know what how languages work. Um, a lot of the English vocabulary is from Latin. There's there's great reasons for Latin, but we can catch students up and and get them in, uh, uh, going in things like 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 Latin. The 150 mark that we we lost a lot of students through uh, from uh, both from. Uh, uh, um, well, from mainly from COVID, mm-hmm. uh, we're we're back up to. Um, I th- I think we're probably going to be around 180 ish uh, this next year. Um, we when we move into our new building, we'll probably uh, be over 200 in a pretty quick amount of time. <laughs> let's talk about that. We need to take a break, but let's talk about that when we come back. I'm looking at a some drone footage of the new Providence Academy's 50 acre. 51,000 square foot uh, campus that's going to be opening yeah. in uh, late this year, early in the spring. We'll get the details on that and ask about it. And my goodness, um, I'm, praise God. Praise God. Yes. It's so we'll, we'll let you uh, talk a little bit more about that when we come back. I'm talking about Providence Academy on Standard for the Truth. Keep it right here. 
Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Our guest today, Headmaster of Providence Academy in Green Bay, Ron Jung, and we are talking about the, the importance of training and teaching and instructing Christian children. I just want to read something real quick from Deuteronomy chapter 6, starting in verse 4. You're very familiar with, Hear, Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart, and you shall repeat them diligently to your sons and speak of them when you sit in your house, when you walk on the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. And it continues. Uh, Ron, it doesn't leave a lot out there. No, <laughs> for it doesn't. When you should not speak of these things. Yes. Uh, yeah, it, it doesn't. And it's our, and I, and I think we have to take uh, responsibility for it. And I, it, over the break, uh, David asked the question, like, how, do, how would a parent start like mm-hmm. uh, the basics the, the basic really is is just give us a call um, our, our number is uh, 920-592-0890 um, and, and just give us a call uh, we can answer questions for you the, the best thing too is set up a tour I can take you around uh, actually I, I take you around the, the current uh, facility um, but uh, love to, to show you our facility talk to you about our our program uh, our methodologies our uh, our disciplines, what 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 we're uh, seeking to accomplish, um, and uh, you know we we we're we're not a voucher school. We don't take any government money. Um, we want to make sure that our our program is uh, exempt from any interference strings. Um, you know, and I and I want to say outright, we're all. I mean, our whole board, myself, we we love school choice and we love vouchers, and we're glad they're there. Mm-hmm. And right now, it's a great program, but in our view. You know that can change any minute. We mm-hmm. we don't want to we don't want to build our our school um, with the expectation of continuing taking government money because mm-hmm. it it could either lead to compromise or yes. it could lead to some difficulties down the road. That being said, if you have financial need, we do have financial assistance available up to about half off tuition, to, depending on what your financial circumstances are. So don't Good let finances know. be an issue. Yes. Give us a call. We'll see what we can do, and because yes. we'd love to. We'd love to have you, um, but yeah, we we uh, we're building this this building, and it's just a uh, it's just God. I mean, it's it's all God. I, if you if you're familiar with J.R.R. Tolkien and like the the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, you know one of the criticisms that they have is is the eagles, right? It seems like everyone's fighting and doing their thing. You know, they're being faithful in the fight, um, but it's a losing battle, and then the eagles come and save the day. And Tolkien <laughs> Tolkien was uh, was intentional about that because that's how God works. Right? That's how God's work. You you be you be faithful, um, but you can't do it. Hmm. God does. God always does. So you know we had this this plan of uh, uh, you know long range plan. We'd love to have our own building. Uh, we'd love to uh, you know our own property, etc. Et and this was a dream. And and I had a, a donor who said, "Hey, you, let's let's buy you some land." And we we bought the land, forty acres. I think the 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 site that David read said fifty acres. It's really forty acres. Um, but beautiful land out there in Howard. Um, and then we uh, worked on a master plan. We, we started a, a, a feasibility study. And really, it's, it's a lot of money, and how are we going to get it? So phase, phase 1A, we, have, uh, we've, we started six years ago. We bought the land, and here we're going to be moving in. And, and it's all God. And you know, God. after... After a prominent member of our school kind of kind of left, and I won't get into that story, and and COVID, it just seemed like things were dead in the water. Mm. And then here comes God, and and <laughs> bam, we're like, who knew? Like, uh, we're building, and here it's comes all, the eagle. It's all God. Yeah. So this <laughs> is our first phase, and it's um it's fifty one thousand square foot. It's going to host hold our whole school uh, from junior kindergarten all the way through tenth or twelfth grade. Um, and uh, and it's it's just it's just beautiful. And some of the questions I get is, okay, this you you see if you go to the website or go to look on Facebook or Google it, you'll you can see the the, the pictures of it. It's beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. And so yes. we always get we get some questions about what why why are you spending that much money on you know just making something beautiful? 
Well, one is, well, we're Christians. And we want something that's going to be beautiful for generations. Like, I want my great-great-grandchildren to graduate from Providence Academy. And that, you know, three or four or five generations down, it's still going to be a beautiful building. It's not going to be a box that's going to look ugly. It's going to be beautiful. You know, the, the other part, too, is this. is We, we had mentioned that the, the, the goal, I guess, in public education is, is, is economic. You know, to look at people as, as you know, they're going to get a job. Right. Well, right. S- school buildings reflect it. Right. A school building is a box. It looks like a cubicle. Like you, you just go to the big cubicle to, to learn and then and you do it. We want good people. And what what we're looking to do is is soul craft. Right. We're mm-hmm. we're we're Christians and we're we're working on uh, soul craft. I like so, that. So our school looks a lot more like a church than it does a school, doesn't mm. it? Because that's the business of our school is just working on the soul, and it's big, it's tall, it it's uh, it 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 brings this transcendence, right? So when you mm-hmm. go to a a, a a you know normal school, it it seems that the the important thing is the people, and that's good. But when you walk in and and the ceilings are vaulted, if you go in for chapel and the ceilings are high, you you understand that you're not the main person. Right, God is. Hmm. It, there's this transcendent uh, being and a transcendent truth that you are uh, need to be subject to, hmm. and to, to reverence. Right, so so it has this kind of architecture to to, to so that to, so that students are looking up, they're looking towards God, and then finally, um, we see what we're doing is extremely important. I, I want students when they come to our school to see a building that gives them the idea that what's happening in that building is important. And it's, it's an important for, the, for God's, for not only their personal future, uh, but for our world, right? Our, our motto, again, is we're partnering with parents to raise godly leaders who will impact the world for Christ. And that is our end. It's, it's we want them to be leaders. And so when they come to school, they look at it and they see the architecture, the feel, mm-hmm. everything, is that this is important work. Amen. S- say your motto again. So our, our, our vision is, yeah. is that, it, it, the vision. In, a, in the narrow sense, or the, the, the great way to say it, is that uh, Providence Academy seeks to partner with parents to raise godly leaders who will impact the world for Christ. Let me just share what I heard paralleled as far as the government vision. Um, the government vision is to partner with secular progressives to raise ungodly citizens and activists for either humanism or atheism or the secular progressive worldview, that's really what's happening. Yes. Otherwise, I mean, there's so many examples. I mean, just really quickly, last summer when you had uh, kids from 18 to 25, who, by the way, are the the least likely to uh, believe in God and have the biblical worldview— but they were out there protesting, and they were being good activists because they yeah. were taught. Yes. They were tearing down statues, historic statues of our founders and other things, and they were partnering with those who were doing lawlessness, and they were justifying it, thinking, of course, Black Lives Matter was a good cause. They were justifying it because that's what they were taught they were supposed to do. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Or, or to, it's, it's like they're being taught to complain. And if complaining doesn't work to become destructive or violent, it's, it's like being taught to be children, right? What we want is we want, we want boys to become men and mm. we want uh, girls to become women who do things, not, not complain and destroy, but to, to, to do things, that they're, they're leaders, that they act, that they, right? Yeah, so that's, that, that's pretty intolerant, though, Ron, to want boys to become men and girls to become women. That's pretty pretty binary. Well, well guilty as charged. <laughs> <laughs> guilty as charged. I, I want to go back to something you said in the first segment. We've got just under 10 minutes left with you. Um, you said something about kids are used to mem- just memorizing for whatever tests they're going to be taking yeah. in the public schools. This comes down to the the few... The, the elite, those who decide what to put on the test. And I remember, I'll never forget, the architect of, of Common Core once said, uh, teachers will teach to the test. Yes. And that's what they're doing. What does that mean? Yeah, teaching to the test is there are certain things that we want to, you to check off a list. So 
Um, we'll give you certain uh, uh, facts or things to memorize. And then when the, when the student sees the question, they already know the answer to it, then they just write the answer. What, what we want instead at, at Providence or at a, a good school, how it used to be, is we want them to know the subject, right? So if I, if I were to uh, talk to a, uh, I don't know what the, a good, you know, someone's into the Marvel universe, right? They've watched all the Marvel, and I ask them any question about it. I can ask any question, and they'll know the answer <laughs> because they have a knowledge of it, right? They, they, they know it. Um, let's suppose someone wants to, uh, it becomes a school subject. Instead, what they would do is, is that they wouldn't bother getting to know the Marvel Universe or getting to watching it all. What they would do is memorize the answers to certain questions they know will be on the test. Well, that, that doesn't mean they know the Marvel Universe. They mm. just know what the, right? So, what, so it, it's gone from um, students having a knowledge of history, a knowledge of uh, science and mm-hmm. knowledge of certain things. Now what they do is they simply memorize the answers to questions they already know are going to be asked on the test. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as they pass the test, they forget it. Yep. They cram, yep. forget, you know, pass and then forget. Right. And that's not, that's not what we want is we want to develop knowledge. It's interesting. Uh, we were talking earlier about logic and it's interesting. Uh, apologetics when you, when it comes to the biblical worldview is being able to explain not only what we believe yes. about the Christian worldview, about Jesus and the truth of Scripture, but why we believe it. Yes. Then you have a foundation that's strong and, and that you can respond. Share your thoughts on that. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's true. And, and it's not just knowing uh, the reasons to believe and um, you know, being able to defend it is good. It's also to, to be honest at... Looking at what are the arguments, mm-hmm. you know, throughout history, there's arguments yeah. against the Christian worldview. Yeah. And so we want to expose the ch- our kids to those things because there are answers. There's always been answers, you know, and, and it's, and so, but if you've, you've got like a, you know, a 16-year-old uh, at home and they hear this atheistic argument, you know, like, well, why did this bad thing happen if, you know that that means that God is either all powerful and uh, uh, but unloving, or He's loving but not all powerful. Why would I worship Him? Mm. Well, that's an Epicurean argument. It's been around for ages. <laughs> it's not it's not new. Right. But the sixteen year old kid who's never heard such a thing is going to be shocked by it, and it might you know put yeah. them off their their uh, their game. And we want we want students to be prepared. Like the, there are answers. So. Uh, Let's the website. By the way, I, I only gave it once. ProvidenceGB.org. That's ProvidenceGB, as in Green Bay. Yeah. dot org. Providence Academy. Um, so can can students? Do you have any online teaching, or is this all in person? It's well, okay. It's all on per, in person. Okay. Um, we had last year with uh, with COVID. If if there was a, um, I think for eleven days, our grammar school had learning on from home and. The upper school, the seventh through twelfth grade, was uh, I think thirteen days, um, but but that was, and then if someone was uh, had COVID, they were quarantined. Like the kids that got COVID, they'd be sick for a day maybe, and then but they have to stay home for fourteen days. We had them uh, attend class online. Okay, so that's it's not a practice that right. we want to uh, continue. It's just okay. it's just due to the nature of how things work. Okay, just a couple other things on your website. I think this is right on the bottom of the home page, providencegb.org. What does the um, average graduate, what's the CLT score? It says the national average is 65, and Providence Academy, it says 80. Yes, so the CLT is a different kind of exam. So our most of our students will still take like the ACT. I think mm-hmm. people are, are familiar with it. Um, but but there are n- enough classical schools uh, in the United States now. Not just uh, so. Th- this is a case where the church has led classical Christian education started. It's it's flourished. It's it's done wonderful. And then people are looking at it, going, "Oh, right." So now now classical charter schools are popping up all over the place mm-hmm. because they're imitating what we're doing. <laughs> Except most of them are only going through eighth grade because they still want their high, their public high school to, to have like a good numbers, I guess, on their, their, their test scores. The CLT is, is a different kind of test, and it's, and it, it's usually based on uh, passages of great literature where students then have to answer uh, questions 
it, it's really geared for people who have a classical education. Okay. And it's uh, it's highly sought after for, from another a number of universities. So okay. Um, well, if to just to close, uh, we've got three more minutes left uh, in this segment. Um, just the encouragement you would give a young family, or let's just say maybe they're not so young, but maybe their kids are already yeah. in the teen years, 13, 14, maybe 15, and they're going, it's too late now yeah. to pull them out of public schools. What would you say to them? Well, it, no, it's never too late. Um, <laughs> there's, uh, I, I pray about it. I would say get, get godly counsel. Um, there, are, there are ways. I, you know, by the time a student's in high school, it's, it's, it's not going to work to come to like a, a providence. But there mm-hmm. are, there are other uh, Christian schools in town. Mm-hmm. There's also the homeschool option. There's, yep. there's the video. You know, as you were saying, like uh, um, uh, Freedom Project. Um, there are ways. Yes. Uh, and and based on your finances too, you there are ways to make it happen. So I'd highly recommend. Finding godly counsel on what you can do and how you can do it. Thank you. Yeah. Because we're not here just to trash the government-run system as awful and as horrendous and as antichrist as it is. And I say that a lot on this podcast. We're not just here to trash. We're here to point you in the right direction and to encourage you to be responsible and take care, protect your kids and give them the best possible Christian education yes. as you, as you can. So, Ron, we've got one minute left. Uh, Providence Providence Academy GB. Um, the new oh, building right. opens maybe in the fall. That means yeah. when's when is the cutoff line for people that want to uh, register their kids? Maybe yeah. So uh, we have a rolling enrollment. Um, we're in. It's uh, there's a little bit of a late fee now, but it's uh, it's it's not insurmountable. But um, as long as we have room in a class, we'll admit students. Um, when we get to a certain um, uh, number, then we, you know, we have to make a decision whether right. we we go to a, a second section. The earlier we can know that, <laughs> the easier it is for us to get the teachers we need. So if you're planning, you know, come do it now. Yes, uh, would be very helpful for us. Go tour, call up Ron, Providence Academy, GB. Thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you, Ron. David. Appreciate it. God bless you, brother. All right. Um, when we come back, a couple of recent articles. We mentioned some news stories on Friday that we couldn't get to. One of them has to do with cutting ties to big tech. And uh, also, some good news. A church was awarded in D.C. after filing a lawsuit over some religious restrictions. So there's a good story we want to get to as well when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Keep it right here. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Hey, thank you guys for understanding. Um, we're trying to to explain this as a, it's a very balanced approach here. We're not trying to, to trash especially Christian teachers, that their job is hard enough, um, but their hands are tied, like we said. But I want to also mention something that Ron did not get a chance to uh, say in that there are some families that their kids take classes, he said a la carte, meaning they're not fully enrolled in Providence Academy, providencegb.org. So they do take classes, and uh, so you want to get more information on that, Um, get a hold of Ron at Providence. Now, some good news when it comes to, and by the way, for the brand new listeners to Stand Up For The Truth, my parents were both teachers in education for over 30 years. My sisters were teachers. I had a cousin who was a teacher and uh, a couple friends, one best friend, and I've known a lot through the years, and specifically a handful of Christian teachers who told me about how they were discriminated against when they decided, well, I don't want my taxpayer dollars. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't want my teacher's dues going to the Democrat Party. So I decided uh, to, you know, file the papers and they were, you know, looked down upon. They were d- criticized, discriminated against, and that happens. So if you're a Christian teacher or conservative or Republican, uh, you're in the minority there in the uh, public schools, but that's just the way it is. We have to recognize this is the system. Just don't be naive. If there's anything that you've ever heard on this podcast when the issue of education comes up and you go, wait a minute, that doesn't sound like it's right. 
follow up, go do the research and find out if there's anything that I need to be corrected on, please let me know. I'm absolutely open to, of course, disagreement. But if you can correct something that we've shared, please let me know. But I think you know that this is the, the state of the current uh, government-run system of education in America. Now, the, the good news I wanted to share with you over at the Epic Times, um, this came out at the end of last week, a church was awarded $220,000 by the city of Washington, D.C., a very, very radical and liberal city government, as you might imagine, after filing a lawsuit over virus religious restrictions. And uh, it was a federal lawsuit challenging this district's restrictions on gatherings at places of worship during the Chinese Communist Party virus pandemic. That's, that's according to this article. I just read verbatim what they said. I thought that's funny. Uh, they don't call it the, the Rona. They're calling it the Chinese Communist Party virus pandemic. <laughs> I love it. Um, by the way, Epic Times is one of our 200 resources you can trust on our website, StandUpForTheTruth.com, upper left, one word, resources. They're in alphabetical order, 200 of them, on where you can get good, accurate information, truth, and biblical worldview, ministries, and whatever you need. Um, so continuing, the leaders of this uh, Baptist church, uh, they appealed to D.C. officials since Mayor, and talk about a radical, Muriel Bowser's restrictions were issued a year ago, Actually, more than that, back in March 2020, they banned all indoor and outdoor church meetings of 100 or more people, even outdoor, even if the congregants were wearing masks or social distancing, even if they did that, the mayor still banned all gatherings if they were more than 100 people. So last October, the senior pastor and the elders there at the church, they won a preliminary injunction against Bowser's restrictions, allowing the congregation to resume worship services outdoors. But in a settlement between the two parties just a couple days ago, July 8, um, the mayor and her administration agreed to pay $220,000 and First Liberty Institute. Um, represented them, a, a Plano, Texas-based law firm. They specialize in First Amendment religious freedom litigation. Now, that was a COVID case, so thank God that came out on the on the good side um, because it is a religious freedom issue, isn't it? We're learning this, aren't we? It is and was a religious freedom issue when they were discriminating against churches, but they were allowing abortion businesses and uh, clinics and hardware stores and, of course, of course, Walmarts and other places to be open. But no, 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 and bars, right? And But no, 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 not churches. You can't have your Bible study or your church. Can't open up your church building. Fear the Rona. So um, there's more cases that I'm sure will be coming up because there are lawsuits pending. So we just wanted to share with you what's going on as far as that good news. Now, in other good news, uh, this is from Gary Bauer. He's a, a pro-family um, activist and... Um, Let's see. This is a great story, I think. It has to do with another article here. I'm looking at two at the same time. One of them says the importance of cutting ties to big tech. And this is going to be quite the battle. But the good news is former President Donald Trump announced, I believe it was last week, that he launched a major class action lawsuit against the big tech giants, Facebook, Google, and Twitter. Trump is seeking a court order demanding, quote, an end to shadow banning, blacklisting, banishing, and all other forms of social media censorship, which he denounced as completely unlawful and un-American. Do you agree with that? That censoring speech, whether it be on the radio, whether it be in the public square, or whether it be on social media, do you believe censoring speech is un-American? Well, even if you're a, a liberal or an independent or a fair-minded person that's not a Christian or not a Republican or not a conservative, you would agree that this is un-American. Then you would agree with this lawsuit. I, I, you know, I don't want the Democrats to be banned. I don't want them to be censored. I don't want the leftists or the progressives to be censored. No, I'm, I'm being honest with you. I agree they should have the ability to say whatever they want about climate change or 
uh, the Great Reset, globalism, uh, whatever they believe in and are endorsing, let them talk about it. I don't believe anybody should be censored. Now, I have a problem with profanity, but let them talk. You, if you're on the left, shame on you if you don't give the same freedoms or allow the same freedoms to us or people on the right or those who are conservative, Christian, independent, Republican. So Trump says it's completely unlawful and un-American. Let's talk about what does he mean by shadow banning and blacklisting? Well, if you're a brand new listener to this podcast, I had a book come out two months ago, Canceling Christianity. And it was, I am shadow banned. For, before that, I have, I have been shadow banned on Facebook, on particularly my author page, uh, our Standard for the Truth page. We've been around for 10 years. Our page for at least the last five or six years has been shadow banned. What's shadow banning? It means you're not completely censored or prevented from saying anything. It means they allow you to post something like an article or a photo or a meme or something from your website. You can see it after you hit share or post. You can see your own post. But it's not appearing in people's news feeds. Your friends and I, supporters or those who like your page, and I think on the Standard for the Truth page it's 24,000. We post our daily podcast. Whenever there's a podcast, a new podcast, we put it on our Facebook page at Stand Up WI. Three or four people might see it or like it out of how many? Over 24,000. That's shadow banning. That means only if you go directly to our page, if you put it in your search, Stand Up for the Truth, in your search on Facebook, and you click on that and go directly to our page, that's the only way you will see the new posts because they will not appear in your news feed when you're scrolling down to see what people have shared. Does that make sense? So my author page, same thing. Uh, people were not seeing anything about my book, so they're shadow banning me. But not only that, I tried to advertise. And, you know, Facebook, you can promote an ad. You can, uh, you know, send something out and boost a post that you put on Facebook. Six times an ad for my brand new book, was rejected six times. I'm not going to do any more, obviously. I'm not going to try. I know they won't let me, and their reason is social or political issues. The book, Canceling Christianity. And I think the subtitle gets them. It's the only thing I can think of because um, they haven't read the book, obviously. They don't know what it's in it. They have an idea. It's about something about the Christian worldview and that maybe I'm a conservative. But the left, I mean, the, the title says it all. The subtitle of Canceling Christianity how the left, oh, there it is. <laughs> so it's, it's against the left. It's exposing the darkness. How the left silences churches, dismantles the Constitution, and divides our culture. And I'll say that they're doing it on purpose. So here are a few excerpts from the president's remarks in this lawsuit. Freedom of speech has always been understood as a bedrock of our liberty. It is not granted to us by government, but by God. And no one should have the power to take that right away. The Founding Fathers inscribed this right in the very first amendment to our Constitution because they knew it was essential to the preservation of our republic. In the words of George Washington, by the way, quote, If freedom of speech may be taken away, then, dumb and silent, we may be led like sheep to the slaughter. End quote. George Washington. So ultimately today, this fundamental right and liberty is under incredible threat. And so I agree with this other article I didn't, I'm not going to have time to get to because we've got three minutes left, cutting ties to big tech. And go check out American Family Association, AFA.net, AFA.net, and look up that article or any good content. Or They're freedom fighters over there. They're fighting for the, 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 the uh, continued uh, free speech of especially Christians in our biblical worldview, to be able to share that. Um, again, we're not trying to force someone to become a Christian. You can't. God is the changer of hearts. We cannot change someone's hearts. What's our focus? What is our responsibility? It says in uh, 2 Corinthians 5, the ministry of reconciliation. What does that mean? We have been given the ministry of sharing the gospel to reconcile those who are not believers with the God who created them and with Jesus who died to save them. So we are those ministers of reconciliation. That's one of our jobs here as a Christian on this earth. 
And it goes on in 2 Corinthians 5 to say, we are ambassadors for Christ. And I like to say, not secret agents, not closet Christians. And so if you believe that we are to be truth proclaimers and defenders of the truth, then you would probably agree that free speech is important. And it is not a uh, a social issue or it is a political issue. Uh, Free speech is guaranteed under the First Amendment. And we have to recognize a foundational principle. Our rights come from Almighty God, not government. Because if we are suddenly, some people are believing that some of our rights or all of our rights are from government, then government can take them away. If they gave them to you, government can take those rights away, can't they? No, we have certain unalienable rights. Life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, of course, free speech in America has been a blessing, but we've taken it for granted. So here we are in this battle against big tech. But this article, um, thankful to our president, um, the big tech lawsuit, he says, will prove that censorship is unlawful, unlawful and constitutional. Well, we know it's, it's unfair because they're discriminating against Christians, conservatives, independents, and those who are simply sharing the truth, whether that be the biblical worldview, the gospel, um, the truth about gender, about creation, about marriage, or about COVID, all things Rona virus. Just sharing the truth about that will get you in trouble. But we should still have the freedom to share the truth, or at least to share our opinions or commentary, but they're not even allowing that anymore. That, my friend, is when it's become dangerous. So hopefully you enjoyed the first couple segments with Ron Jung, headmaster at Providence Academy Green Bay. Again, the website, ProvidenceGB.org. Also check out Freedom Project Academy. That's F-P-E-U-S-A.org. And um, just thank you guys. Thanks for uh, staying with me the whole hour. When we come back, a very special guest tomorrow, and I can't wait to get to this first-time guest. I'm teasing it right now. I'll tell you in just a minute on Stand Up For The Truth. Who is it? Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth. Tomorrow, our guest is Mark Murano. We booked him uh, several weeks ago before he was on Fox News primetime last week talking about uh, climate change and uh, uh, other things about the Save the Earth campaign and the climate change is an existential threat to America, according to the administration in the White House right now. Mark Murano, his book is called Green Fraud, Why the Green New Deal is Even Worse Than You Think. You know who's on the cover? AOC. And uh, you can get more on Mark Morano at climatedepot.com. Can't wait to talk to him tomorrow. It's going to be a great interview. And then Pastor Steve Smotherman on Wednesday, a brand new podcast. And Carl Kirby of Reasons for Hope on Thursday. Dr. Ray Rhodes on Friday. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter. <laughs>